You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I'm Adam Wheeler. You can find me on social media at Wheels Up in CLE. Joined by Andrew Hedinger, who you can find on social media at Andrew Runs a Lot, and Matt Martin, who you can find on social media at Matt Mart Run. If you want to follow all of us, there you'll go to Rust Belt Running. Instead of starting you off with a bunch of ads, we're going to start you off with different ways that you can support Rust Belt Running. First is run coaching. Adam, why don't you tell us about it? It's personalized run coaching. It takes into account the schedule that you have to get your runs in, the goals that you have, as well as the base that you come to us with. You talk to us about what it is you want to be doing, the time that you have to do it, and we come up with a personalized plan that fits your needs, works on you towards your goals, and helps provide a bird's eye view on your training to make sure that you don't plateau, to make sure that you're doing the correct training that's appropriate for you, and to get you showing up on race day, confidence that you're gonna be ready to hit your race goals. We all know running in groups can be more fun than running alone, and your training can be the same way. So grab a couple of your closest running friends and we can train your group of up to five friends together. With a personalized group plan, you can get the camaraderie of being on a team, but the personalization to fit your group's needs, similar to our individual training. Click on the RBR Teams link on our website and go smash some PRs with your friends. And if you're looking for other ways to support the show, go to rustbeltrunning.com. There you can find different merch, t-shirts, bags, all kinds of things. Um, all of that helps support us and helps us keep bringing you new stuff on our social media platforms, to the podcast, to our training programs. There's more than one way to support our show. So this helps us keep this show ad-free, keep us from making you go to a Patreon to subscribe for stuff. We want to keep it free. But yeah, go to rustbeltrunning.com, support the show, sign up for coaching. We'd love to have you. Guys, how we doing? Uh, I Well, I thought you were about to kick the shit out of me <laughs> when I said, hey, let's stop. I mean, dude, you the look of hate in your eyes. <laughs> I promise uh, there was no hate. It was just funny because I saw the thing start to count down. You're like, no, no, don't start. All right. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing good. I, uh, I got my 15 in today and I, I was telling you guys beforehand, I love like towpath runs when you're, um, when you're out and it's like, you know, it's been dry for a while, but you're, yeah. you can tell you had a good run when your calves are just like caked in dust. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy that feeling and it was, yeah, it was a good day. I got 15 in today capped off a 47 mile week post uh, Eagle up and uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling decent and I'm excited for what the future holds um, but yeah Matt how you doing this is uh, this is your first time with the three of us. this is our first time with the three of us I'm excited I know it's I haven't been back on my own podcast in like a month I asked Matt how he was <laughs> I know I'm just saying I haven't been on my own podcast in a month yeah, I'm doing well. I'm coming fresh off um, an awesome event from last night, uh, adult track night put on by uh, Nicole Guerrero-David from PLX. Legs are feeling a little juice this morning from some speed on the track and uh, got a little stroller running this morning with the boys and uh, felt good. So it was, a, it was definitely a fun night last night and a uh, highly recommended event for next year. I asked you if you wanted to do a, a, a stroller 15 with me today and you just gave me a strong LOL and you never said anything else. Mostly time constraints is why I didn't go with you, but how about you, Adam? How you doing? So first of all, I want you to define speed because you showed me all the times you ran and this is after you did what, 15 and Eagle up last week in the mm -hmm. heat. Yeah. So define speed for everybody. I ended up doing the mile. Well, I did the hurdles as a warm up for the mile. I don't of course, even know. As one does. I don't even know what my time was. It was not fast. It was very ugly. And then I uh, jumped in the mile and uh, happened to to do another post thirty p or post high school pr four forty three. <laughs> God damn! And then came back came back in the four by four and split like a fifty five point, which both times were very like a lot faster than I thought I was going to run. So it, it was a great time. Like, I was pretty hyped. Adam came to track on Wednesday and we did, we did a mile. Um, well, he had, he did a mile and a half, but we did it. I think my, uh, cause I did a mile and then I did some fours and uh, I think my mile was like six Oh four. And I mean, I know I wasn't racing and I definitely yeah. could have pushed far beyond that, but like, yeah, no, I, four, no, no, 
but then you then the perspective of that's still not as fast as a Kipchoge world record mile right yeah. for it's the insane. marathon is is bonkers it's fast for me but not for him but i'll take it yeah it's like a warm-up for him <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i'm good uh i went to my i went to my first track meet uh not track meet but track run on wednesday with andrew and courtney was there and i met uh caitlin um it was a small crowd i was a little disappointed there was not as many fast friends as i've been led to believe that there yeah. are you're gonna have to get there later this summer i'll be there Make, yeah. good i keep hearing people are showing up and they don't so i've been sad i've just been there listening to sarah mclaughlin by myself <laughs> just remembering you guys that's it what um, we were listening our, our to good... is the opposite of Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I started it and I was like, this ain't Nate Perez's uh, track night. <clears throat> we should have him back soon though. We should have yeah. him back soon. Um, so we, we were, we had a few things we wanted to talk about, but we, we've, I think we all brought up Eagle up. Um, we did that little, that fun little episode last week uh, where we were talking during the race um, with various people and we did um, we officially brought home the W the results were posted even if everything was backwards um, yeah. did they have they fixed that yet have they put us in first place even though we beat the first place team by like 45 minutes uh, yeah. uh, not not that I saw um, I, I gave up looking I just know we won yeah <laughs> we did. We knew we won the second you crossed the finish line, but that was a nuts day. It was like 90 degrees at its hottest. Um, you know, that is something I want to do again for sure. Oh yeah. Um, as we took on the eight man relay, but uh, takeaways from that day, gentlemen, Matt, let's, uh, when, let's start with Adam. Adam went first of the three of us. You bastard. <laughs> Listen, that is not <laughs> and, uh, how I saw my specific day going. <laughs> You had a hell of a day, though, um, for your 10 miles that you put in. Yeah, I felt really, really good. Uh, having Nate there to bike around with the music and the, the water support was massive. Um, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, running running as part of an ultra, though, is wild because it's a, it's a small course. It's just that five-mile loop. And because people are so spread out and, and walking, there are moments where I had to make the two turns and I wasn't sure where I was actually turning, like if I was turning in the right spot. So I'm taking these wild ass turns running like a six minute mile. And I look and it's like, there's nobody that I can see in front of me. I don't know if I'm going the right direction. So that first loop was a little, uh, little hairy, but I got through that. Um, I felt, I felt really great and I felt bad that I felt really great because it was still somewhat cool for my leg, which is not where I was supposed to be going. Um, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for uh, being flexible with me there, Matt. Cause I, <laughs> I found out later on that the, you going later took a bit of a toll on you. Well, you ran a good time, so uh, I'm not mad at all. I was, okay. I'll take yeah, that. When you finished that and you know, I, I found out the time you ran it was like one Oh three. Yeah. Like, 63. All right, I'm happy with that. That's I don't think I would have come any faster than that if I was running in your position. So we were I was happy with that. Yeah, that was that, that was nuts. Yeah, I didn't get to talk to you, Adam, after you finished. Cause yeah, because I hand it off to you, off. yeah. Um and man, I tell you what, it heated up quick. Um it did. after you took off. I the first the first loop wasn't terrible. Uh, I actually felt pretty good. I was rocking. I was like 708. That seems about right. I think I was like almost even 708s for the first five miles. And uh, then I came into the sun in the park and on that like, I mean, it's like a solid mile and a half of sun um, that I hit there in the middle. And it was it was just brutal. It took it out of me. I saw you guys. I mean, the nice thing about it being a looped course is I was able to um, I was able to grab a hat filled with ice from you. And I really, this is funny. I handed one hat to Matt. Matt handed me a hat filled with ice. 
And you kept asking me, do you want this filled with ice? And I was like, no, this is good. This is only five miles into this race. This is how <laughs> hot it was. I was already disoriented because I'm like, why is he asking me if I want ice in this hat that already has ice in it? <laughs> but no, you were asking me about the dry hat that I just handed to you. So and I realized that like, I realized that like half a mile down and I was like, I should almost run back and tell him, yes, put ice in there. <laughs> but um I think we got it figured. I think I just stopped and put ice in it because I it was just it was that type of day where if you were putting in any type of race effort, you were gonna. I mean, we were one of the few teams that, or maybe the only team that wasn't just doing one loop mm-hmm. um, at a time. I, I know the second place team, uh, the PLX North guys. That's what they were doing. Um, I did get passed by Tyler Vitulo on uh, my last lap with about a mile and a half to go. That was kind of a that, man. That dude was strong. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, then we handed off to shoot. Who was after me? JP. JP killed it. Smiled as always. Of course. Um, and shoot, were you after JP? So I was after JP, and I was supposed yeah. to go twenty. Um, and ran the first loop, and I felt I would say decent, but I, I could. The heat was like. It was real. And then during the second loop, I actually had Nate. He was riding the bike with me. I had him call one of you guys and say, yep, I'm ready to switch after this loop because I'm not going to make it 20. Yeah. It was, I was overheating already. I was, I was feeling it. And then I figured I would just come back and do my other 10 later, which I ended up not doing because we found, well, I handed off to Abe and he ran a solid 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was feeling real good. Well, and props to Abe for just being ready. Yeah. Like, because you're talking about like, you know, a, a loop that took you uh, just over half an hour. Uh, so he doesn't have a ton of time to like get ready. I mean, we kind of game planned before, like you were serious. We all knew the heat was serious and like, yeah. we all joke about, well, we don't joke about Matt being an animal. He is. Uh, and Matt can be crazy, but we, you know, he knew the heat was real. And before you even went out on the first loop, it was like, Hey, be ready. Like at 10, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you even like, we started at 15 and then it was like, no, be ready at 10. Uh, And then I think when you came through on that, after your first lap, you were like one more. And so Abe was just able to pop up, get ready. And yeah, he went out and killed it. He felt good. He wanted more. Yeah. Abe's ready. Like for what's coming, Abe's ready. He yeah. threw down some solid times at track night last night, and he's just he's ready for what's coming for Erie. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does this summer. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. And then I think Abe, what did Abe hand off to um, newly appointed Wolf Brad? Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yep. And I think Brad ran like the one of the fastest loops out of everybody, <laughs> other than uh, Luke and, and Adam. I'm I'm sitting there. We had Andy Shepard from Project Outrun was supposed to be the uh, the next uh, the next wolf up, and I was there watching the time. I saw what I knew what time Brad left, and so I'm just kind of watching my watch. And I think it was like, all right, he needs to be up there about four o two. Like I was trying to get it like down to the minute, but with like a couple minute buffer because I mean it, the heat was that real that it's like we got to keep people in the shade yeah. with water. Every second is valuable. So like, I was like, we got this, I got this. And I'm looking down and I'm getting ready to tell Andy um, to start heading up to the exchange zone. And all of a sudden we hear like, are you guys ready? (laughs) 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 And Brad Brad is running down with the timing bracelet in his hand to our tent. Like, what the fuck, guys? We're just sitting yeah, on, we you like, know, talking in the, underneath the tent, and Brad's got to run an extra quarter mile to get to us. <laughs> right. Yeah, but we're like, dude, you did say you were running like seven thirties. Like I had the timing down, but he comes through. I think he said he did like six thirty five. Yeah. So it's oh. like, yeah, if you're if you're gonna be like five minutes faster, yeah, that's that's on you, bro. I'm sorry. Thanks. I'm glad he was. We needed every second of it, but. Right, and then so after. Our hero, Brad, we got, you know, our hype man, Andy Shepard in there. Mm-hmm. He, he put in a solid 10 for us and um, it was funny. So, you know, I'm sitting at the exchange zone with two ice packs on my neck. 
waiting because it was at that point I was already done. I was overheated and I was just praying that Andy would come in, you know, before uh, PLX North. And I'm like, all right, then I can just, you know, jolly trot this last five in and uh, we're good to go. Um, but, you know, one of their guys came in and handed off and the other guy took off. I'm like, okay, he should be right behind him. And I'm just like sitting, sitting, waiting. And he, he, he came like not two, maybe three minutes after. And he comes in and he's like, oh, my calf, my calf's cramping up. You know, yeah. he's telling me I'm trying to rip this this timing chip off his, off his uh, bracelet, which by now has been duct taped like eight times to people's ankles. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I took off from there and the – Probably one, I told Bethany after the race, it was probably one of the worst five miles I've ever run in my life. Maybe the worst run I've ever had in my life. It was, yeah, it was pretty hot. I was brutal. I was tired, you know, but uh, had to hunt them down and then try to hold on for dear life at the end there. Yeah, I think that was the hardest run I've ever had. Uh, like that, I mean, I saw Matt, I saw you at the exchange zone, and you know, I handed off to JP. And then I just fell to my hands and knees and just crawled to the shade underneath the tent, the exchange zone. And I wasn't like throwing up or anything. I just like, I, I just, I had nothing left at that moment. Um, and I just had to just sit there and be cool as get as cool as I could. And then walk down. I, I had a, I brought, it's called a tanning pool. So it's like a shallow pool that you can like lay in and, um, it's a little blow up thing, but I filled it, we filled it with water and I, I mean, I walked and got to it and I just fell down in it, like just straight collapsed. I was like, I'm here. You came over, dumped ice on me. Um, I returned the favor after your tent. <laughs> when you went in, you went face first. You were just like, <laughs> you were more done than I was. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was, I would, I don't. I had a blast, but I don't ever want to experience that again. Um, I could go. And then of course, like two days later, the high was like 70 degrees. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that, I think that was the hardest run. I, I, I will say that was the hardest run I think I've ever had. I mean, versus any marathons or halves or anything like that. I think that was, that was it. And it was like seven forty fives. I think I ran. It was brutal. It's a tough loop to finish up on too, because you spend, four and a half miles, four miles, largely shaded. And granted, as, as the day goes on, it's less shade. But then you completely right. open out and it's completely out in the open. The sun's beating down on you and you go from nice soft towpath to to like mowed grass, but that mowed grass is all rutted. So it isn't like you can really unleash. You almost have to kind of watch your steps a little bit because one wrong step, you're going to sprain an ankle. So it's like when I was running, especially that first loop where I didn't quite know what to expect, I like to turn it on late. Like I like to push late and just kind of empty the tank. And I didn't really feel like I could do that when I was wrapping up because I would make that turn into the park. And it was like, Oh shoot, I got to really like almost tap dance my way through this little, and then there's a very small uphill. It's very small, but it's noticeable when you're running hard right before you get to the exchange area. Um, and I had it pretty easy cause I was going early. So I can't even imagine what it was like for you guys later on. I enjoyed the videos of everybody getting into the tanning pool though. Like that thing got a workout. <laughs> it did. It was, Oh, and so Matt, we thought, so after I got in, I made a comment. I was like, Oh my gosh, like it was clear water. Now it looks like it looked like diluted milk. Oh. <laughs> and you, and I was like, it's that's, that's gotta be just my salt. You're like, Oh no, I think it's part of the path water. No, it was just salt because I, before you got in, I had just changed the water out. Um, because <laughs> oh. I wanted you to have fresh water. And so that water wasn't in there more than a couple of minutes before you got in. And by the time you were out, it was, it was again, a very weird shade of white. <laughs> well, yeah. Prior to that run too, I probably had about 5,000 milligrams of sodium. So it's probably, I probably sweated right. all of that out. What did you drink before the, uh, the five mile loop? A bush light. <laughs> fuel yeah that was uh fuel of champions the fuel of champions at the time i thought but no i i mean i don't think that thing really it didn't really hurt me i think i was just wiped i mean i was there since 4 30 in the morning and i was and, just so tired 
and, and there, earlier around lunchtime, uh, Bethany and Nate left to do something with uh, one of the dogs and grabbed lunch and you forgot about it. Mm-hmm. I, Courtney Rugaber and I were talking about this uh, at track night, or maybe it was at Mexican afterwards. Um, how different you looked after like three bites of it. And I think it was that, mm-hmm. I, I, but it, it was so late that it, it came up or almost came up <laughs> and hurt you real bad on your five miles. I think if you had, if you had remembered to eat that before you're 15, you probably would have been in a lot better um, yeah. shape. Yeah. yeah. I think you were just had no fuel. Yeah. That was the, you know, you, when, you, when you're at a race like that, it's exciting. You're cheering people on and you kind of, I, I was eating snacks, but not any like real food. And mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. definitely came back to bite me. Can I just say well, that the, uh, uh, the wolf tattoos were clutch. Oh yeah. Like that was, that was one of the, that was one of the stories of the race. I got wolf whistled at several times. <laughs> I, uh, my wife and I, we, we, we Snapchat back and forth a lot, just stupid filters and shit. Um, and I, I kept sending her the wolf one where like it kept giving me wolf ears, <laughs> um, because of the wolf pack stuff. And after, um, after that race, I sent her one with the wolf ears and I said, how's your day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> did you guys, how long did your tattoos stay? So mine was on my back and I think Adam, yours was on your back too. And it was Same. very hard to get off myself in the shower you can't there's like in a spot that i couldn't reach and quite scrub so it stayed on yeah. until about wednesday and i got yeah. I started to get sick of the shirt sticking to my like my back yeah, yeah. and uh so i eventually had to get have my wife take it off but it's it i mean i probably would have stayed pretty long if i didn't touch it it was just getting annoying after a while yeah they were legit yeah they looked good there's a lot of detail in them Mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to see if I can find it on Etsy. I want to see if my review is available. Um, I'm going to look for it. Uh, so we, we had, Adam, you had brought up a, a good topic to talk about too. As mm-hmm. we kind of, um, I think we, we talked pretty good about Eagle up there. Um, but I think this goes in line with what um, Matt was talking about with the, uh, with the PLX track night that they did. <clears throat> I think they kind of go hand in hand. So why don't you tell us about this uh, and kind of how you're approaching your summer? Yeah. Um, let me find the tweet. It was from Jason Fitzgerald uh, from strengthrunning.com. One sec. The gist of it was basically, oh, come on. Where is it? It's got to be in our group thread. Uh, Speed begets more speed. If your 5K half marathon times are soft, take time away from the marathon and go on a PR spree. Once you've run a few PRs in short events, your marathon PR is ripe for a fresh attack and your odds of victory will be higher. Um, I think that's, I think that's really good advice for people uh, who tend to, to stay kind of in one lane and really train maybe only for a marathon. Um, I really haven't raced a half marathon since 2015. I've run a few but I haven't really specifically trained for one. I've been pretty much exclusively running marathons since then. And after doing Boston and uh, I don't like doing more than three marathons in a two year span. Um, Just mentally, it's a lot, it's taxing physically. It's taxing. I think for me, it's more the mental side of things. Um, You know, I was listening to your guys's uh, episode that you recorded from the weekend that I went to the bachelor party. And you were talking about how I, I take like three weeks off after a big race and how that's different from like the, the plan that you two have. And really the, the big thing for me as far as taking that much time off is that it's so mentally taxing for me to do the training, mm-hmm. to have my weeks structured around training that I like having that little bit of time off. And I don't want to do too many marathon blocks in a row. So I'd made the decision after Boston, after that Boston time got me into next year's Boston and next year's New York marathon, I wasn't going to pass up the opportunity to use that time for both of those races I thought, well, okay, I'm not going to do a fall marathon now. What should I do instead? And I decided to go after just a fast half marathon. And then I had 
another idea, which was that Cleveland does this cool race called the Guardian Mile, where you race a mile over the Bob Hope, uh, Bob Hope Memorial Bridge. Now, I have not raced a competitive mile since high school, and I wasn't really a serious track runner in high school either. So this is just me completely doing something way out of my comfort zone because I'm very much a very much a slow burn kind of guy. Like I can carry pain for a long time, but I kind of like to let it slowly build. So the idea of doing a fast mile is just completely out of my wheelhouse, but it's got me doing training that I would never be attempting otherwise. So I'm really working on building, building some of that shorter speed. And and I started doing it on Wednesday with you, Andrew, at the track. And it wasn't even super Mm -hmm. fast yet. I, I basically did a mile and a half at 10 K pace, mile at 5 K pace, and then a half mile at 3K pace. And 3K pace is faster than I would typically train at for a half or a full. And uh, and yes, I did say that I absolutely hated it when I was done with that half mile. That half mile. Um, but looking at the training that I've got coming up, it's a lot shorter stuff. A lot of fours, a lot of twos. So stuff that's going to make me go really, really fast, but it's going to give me a lot of lengthy recovery time in between. And uh, we're going to see how that goes. But I'm really interested to see how that emphasis on speed, especially over the next two months, plays out when I start to look at doing longer races again, Akron half in the fall, and then even kind of building into next year when I start another Boston build. Okay. I want to interrupt and totally that like, I'm going to strip gears by going back to the wolf tattoos for a second. So I, I, I pulled up the review that I, I wrote for these tattoos on Etsy. And after the review, there is something hilarious about this shop that I don't know if you'll find it as funny as me. All right. So this is my review. I gave them five out of five stars. Obviously Um, I purchased these iconic wolf tattoos for an eight man, hundred mile relay. It was a scorcher out there and our team, the wolf pack knew we would not be wearing shirts. So we opted to get these matching tattoos instead Apart from really getting all of our wives and girlfriends incredibly excited, these tattoos helped carry our team to a two-minute victory in 90-degree heat. They didn't peel or fade at all through the 12-hour day in the sun, and we're all hoping they never fade. The Wolfpack is for life, and we wish these tattoos were, too. We will definitely be buying these again in the future. Thank you for a great product. Signed, Eight Happy Wolves. So I send that and now I go to the shop and they're taking a short break. <laughs> like on Etsy, you can't order stuff from them right now. It's like we made all their dreams come true. I'm dying. <laughs> we have achieved Etsy Nirvana. There is nothing more for us to do. <laughs> It's I you can't make it up. It has to be the oh wives and God. girlfriends aspect of it. They're, they're like, yeah, we did what we came we came here and we accomplished <laughs> what we came to Etsy to accomplish. So guys, we're taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. All right, I'm I'm sorry to. No, you're good. I thought that was worth it. Um. So shorter stuff. So the guardian mile. Um, yeah. So like, what's your, what's the training for that kind of look like? I, I was intrigued with your workout on Wednesday. Um, you said you found something from Magnus. Yeah. So honestly, this is one of the hardest things about trying to train for a mile is there's not a whole lot of material out there that right. really illustrates how to train for it. Everything starts really at the 5k and works its way up. So I pieced together a couple of things here and there, but there wasn't really anything comprehensive. And I have, uh, I have Steve Magnus's sort of, it's his, he always talks about it as his first book and he's like, nobody bought it. Nobody read it, but I, I did. Um, I think it's called the science of running and he has training yeah. plans for all different, uh, race distances. And I was flipping through, I'm like, Oh shit, he's got a mile training plan in here. Let's see what this is like. And just being a coach and a runner who hasn't done this sort of training since high school, um, what I did, so like what I'm in now is kind of like this introductory period where it's kind of bridging 5k and 10k speed down to 3k and then eventually mile speed. So the first couple of weeks really doesn't involve anything too, too fast, not too much at mile pace, but then next week and then really starting the week after it starts getting more into a lot of fours, a lot of twos that are run more at mile pace. 
you know, so sets of like four by four where you're running a 400 meter at 3k or mile pace, take 40 seconds off in between each rep and then four minutes off in between each set. A lot of 200s where it's, you know, 200 at mile pace, 200 meter jog, and then just repeat that for two miles. It's a lot of that back and forth. Um, so I'm just going to follow it and, and see what it looks like. You know, I, I wrote out my plan here a couple days ago and I, I, you know, kept it as far as mileage goes where it's in the 80, 20 principle that we all train ourselves to and train our clients to. And, um, the one thing I'll say is that it's just, you can tell it's going to be way more intense than what I've done before, you know, so shorter distances, but far more intense than what I've typically trained at for a half or a full. Um, so I'm just really curious to see how it goes. I don't really know that I have a plan for the guardian mile. Uh, I think specifically because it's an uphill downhill mile, it's not just a flat on a track mile. Um, I was, I was a shitty track runner in high school. I think my PR was like a five thirteen. I wasn't serious about track at all. So I'd love to see if I can get something close to that. Um, the hill element to it kind of makes it interesting because not only do I have to go out fast, but I have to go out fast while running uphill for the first half. I don't know what that's going to do, but we'll see. This is just truly like a fun, <clears throat> screw it, see what comes out of this and, and see what you can do. And, that, and that's what's fun about, you know, the short events too, is you kind of, you can, you can experiment more and yeah. and jump in stuff where you can't really, you know, jump in a marathon and, and test different things out and, and no. you know, so it'll, it'll just be a fun race for you. Um, I've heard great things about that Guardian Mile too. And uh, mm-hmm. basically I hear just hammer up the hill and then use the downhill on the way back. That's the only, right. that's the only strategy. There is a great photo of, um, of Ryan McCartney. Yes. Pushing his daughter in us in the stroller yes. race. And it's great. Cause it's taken near the end and it is the perfect dichotomy of emotions because he looks like he is dying and his daughter is like in the <laughs> stroller, legs kicked out, arms up. Yeah. And it is just, she is having the best time. Of yes. Her life. And he is dying. And yeah, what, what, that's what, what did he run for a stroller? Like, what's a what, what's a good time for this? Something ridiculous, I, like you would put. I, down. I'll, I'll go look it up. I'll go look it up. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it was it was fast as crap. Um, but uh, what? So like, what else are you gonna turn? So you're you're doing the mile. Like, what's some of the other stuff that you're gonna like? You know, look to turn in faster you know you brought up mile you brought up half like is 5k 10k 8k is that shit on the radar too i mean i do a 10k on the 4th of july um i've done that since i started running i'm not training specifically for it i'm not peaking for it that's just one of those i go out there and whatever fitness i've got i basically treat it as a workout that week um i'm doing the ak at shawshank again 508 what a stroller. <laughs> Jesus. Goodness gracious. That guy's nuts. Um, and I mean, and that, and that's a dude who like largely is a marathon runner. Like yeah. he's not putting yeah. in training. He's not doing what, um, what you're, he didn't do what you're doing. And I don't think anybody trains to run that fast with the stroller. No, no, I would think not. Yeah. He's just an insanely talented guy. Um, yeah, so there's a whole and really nothing I'm doing this summer is out of other than the Guardian Mile is out of the ordinary for what I would normally do. I always do the 10k on the Fourth of July. Um, this will be the third year that I'm doing the Shawshank Hustle, which is it's roughly five miles. I think it's just short, just shy of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm doing that again. Did you get sick last year? Is that why you didn't go down? No, I did good year. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, so I'll do that again because that's just a fun event. It's an easy drive to get down there. Um, but those are going to be more workouts. And I'll, I'll still race them. I'll see, see what I can do. But it's the focus is really on the Guardian Mile and then an immediate transition to half marathon training. And that'll be the other aspect of it too is that I've typically yeah. done kind of these longer drawn out blocks where I'm building endurance. And I'm still going to be running 40 miles a week or so. But everything for the next eight weeks is all focused on speed. And then I immediately finish and then switch to race pace stuff, you know, some more like mar- uh, half marathon race pace stuff, the, the strength runs, which will be done mostly at like 10 K pace. Hey pup. Yeah. I mean, I think 
you know, doing a speed cycle like that is is a perfect compliment to your next marathon cycle. I mean, mm-hmm. with marathon training, you know, if you if you train for three, four, five marathons in a row, it's very easy to get to a point where you're plateaued and you can't yeah. really you can't really improve your aerobic endurance anymore because you're pretty much maxed out in that, you know, in that unless you right. unless you have unlimited time and you can just run, you know, even more miles in the previous cycle. Right. Um, you know, you can hop in a speed cycle, drop down your 5k pace, drop down a mile PR, drop down a 10k mm-hmm. PR. And that way, when you roll into that next marathon cycle and you want to go for another marathon PR, marathon goal pace might not seem as daunting as it would right. without, right. you know, if, if you just PR'd your 10k by three minutes or two minutes, then, you know, your marathon pace just, just probably dropped 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I you know, I, as much as I want athletes to come to us and do full training cycles because they're the most fun to coach, I don't want you coming to me for three or four of them in a row. Um, like I, I think there's, I think there's also just a boredom that can come with it. I think you can experience better workouts um, or just different workouts when you're doing a half. Um, I mean, I think that's going to be the biggest like switch you see somebody make is maybe train for a half in the spring versus a full in the fall perhaps, but you're going to focus on so many of the things you're talking about, Adam, like the, the 5k and 10k will kind of come naturally. Yeah. Um, and, uh, as opposed to like having to be a focus. And so I, I think that, um, you know, yeah, to kind of hit Jason Fitzgerald's point, like you just, you get a different stimulus out of training for different things. Mm-hmm. And Matt, you kind of went the other way last year. Um, yeah. you, uh, you know, you, you were running much longer. So I think at the same time, um, like Jason Fitzgerald doesn't really, um, do much with ultra runners. Um, he may have them on his podcast, but you know, that's not necessarily who he's like, <clears throat> um, that's not necessarily his target audience. I think his target audience is typically marathoners and half marathoners, but you went the other way. Um, from his, and I think there's value in that too. So with last year, um, you know, and then we'll talk about last night, but with last year, like what, how do you think that kind of benefited you going into what was at your time a PR because all you do is PR, um, into Columbus last year? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really honestly by design at the time. Um, it was just, I think it was more just trying to keep running exciting. You know, I was not that I was getting bored with running or anything, but I was I was worried that eventually if I keep doing the same thing over and over again, I'll just get bored and you know, I'll move on to some some you know an entire different sport or something, or maybe it'll be lifting or something. You know, I wanted to keep it excited, keep it interesting, and then once I did a couple of them, I'm like okay, like I kind of see the draw to other events other than the marathon. You know, there's the marathon's great. I love the marathon. It's probably still my favorite event, but you know if I ever want to stop marathoning, it's not like I had to stop running. I can go to, you know, ultras or, and even after track night last night, I might be a fully converted uh, track athlete. <laughs> I mean, shit. If you, if you freaking train for a mile, you might be. <laughs> yeah. That's on my mind. Cause there's, there's a, there's a high school, my high school PR is four thirty six, which I had no desire to ever touch. Um, but I mean, now it's kind of, I'm pretty close to it already it's off of there. off of marathon training slash marathon recovery slash well, I also did zero miles this week except for track night and this morning. So that was a, a big taper going into there too. But <laughs> Yeah, you told me you were not you were gonna back out of track night. Yeah, I was feeling a little rough after Eagle up, both mentally and physically. I was just it was a rough day, so nice little recovery week and uh got back into some fun running. I think there's kind of an interesting um, kind of like broader thing to, to talk about as far as coaches go and, and talking about, you know, training for different races and how they fit into different cycles. You know, we understand that we're a service and people come to us and they want to train with us for just one race cycle, which is great. You want to, you want to go after a PR. We're going to hire coaches to do that. And we love the athletes that we have that have done that with us because it's great to coach athletes to PRs and say, Hey, we helped you get there. And you know, if you're going to go your separate ways now, that's totally cool. Um, but I also think there's something to athletes 
looking at their training from a larger perspective in terms of where do I want this to go year in, year out, and not just look at running as their spring cycle and their fall cycle, but looking at how those cycles link up to what they're going to do in future years, looking at how they take their off seasons and their base building seasons and use those to link up to what's coming the next year. Because there is something about having conversations where you talk about what the bigger picture is and what your longer term goals are. Because it's really easy to just fall into the whole idea of, you know what, I'm just going to keep running marathons. I'm going to keep doing that. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll use JP as an example, just because he was kind of back and forth on what he wanted to do this past spring. Uh, and he eventually decided that he wanted to run, you know, Hall of Fame marathon. And he did. And he had, he had a pretty decent cycle. He had some bumps near the end, but he had a decent cycle and threw down a, a really good time. But it's not the time that he was necessarily training for. And I think when you look back at what he did in the spring, there's a part of me that goes, man, I kind of wish I talked to him more about doing something shorter and more of a speed cycle that broke up the marathon cycles that he's in. Cause now he's going after a fast Chicago, then he's going to have a fast Boston next year. And it becomes harder to find where we switch things up with him to maybe look at doing something different. So I think having those, those conversations about like, what are your bigger long-term goals and where can we tweak training for a block or two to really kind of, develop some different systems within you to make you a better runner overall is, is worth having. It's a conversation worth having uh, with your coach. Yeah. And I think like trying, yeah. And I know this was a conversation you had with one of the Pavlaks too, was kind of about the off season and how as coaches we get so focused on like, um, yeah, I think athletes too, like I should only pay for the training cycle. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause you know, I can kind of handle my, my off season on my own, but can you, and again, to use JP as kind of an example, um, you know, he had some very questionable runs directly after Akron last year. Um, and then he, you know, he runs Eagle up and he hops on our little podcast, um, in our little interview thing with us. And he, he, I think he said something valuable. He's like, you know, you not only tell me what to do, but you tell me what not to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was because that was after I kind of busted his chops for, um, you know, not uh, or for, you know, we, we talked about how he had silly notes written in his uh, days <laughs> off after Hall of Fame. And, you know, I, it's because he I mean, there was that that was a big mistake in September um, or October, you know, that whatever the calendar said um, that, you know, could have derailed his, his hall of fame. And I, I think sometimes it's hard to be so, you know, farsighted to think about that when it's just an action we love. We love to go out and run. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I think sometimes it's that, and, and I think that goes perfectly into the running training, doing things that are shorter, like, yeah, JP, maybe you don't need to run fulls every cycle, you know, be a little more farsighted and understand that, you know, you may have a better fall race in 24 if you don't do a fall race in 23 and a spring race in 24. Now he's signed up for majors. So that's, he's locked in in there in his instance. Like, yeah, that's, that's what his calendar is going to be. But yeah, I mean, that's shit. He's going to have how many full training cycles in a row? Like, that's a lot. I mean, since I've known him, it's going to be five. And I know he was doing more mm-hmm. before Cleveland last year. Right. And so you it's know, like, that's, that's big. That's big. Like, there's a, there's a point where you got to, yeah, take a break. And, um, you know, not from running, but, yeah, focusing on different different ways to, you know, not get bored, like Matt says. I think that's important. There's value to that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why track nights are so freaking fun. That's where I found such a different love for running was these Wednesday night track nights where it was different. Like, and I got some of that same experience. Like my first track night was one of the biggest ones um, that we had last year. There were probably like 10 or 12 people there. And we had like, we had like a Peloton of like six guys um, rounding turns in the first, like at my first track night, I was like, Oh my gosh, I missed this. Like, Mm-hmm. And that sound of like five or six feet hitting the uh, yep. track at the same time. Oh my gosh. It, it was fun. It, and it was something different. And I've really enjoyed going out and do running a lot of four hundreds, something mm-hmm. I never did. And it's, it benefited me, not yeah. just from a fitness standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. Right. Um, 
But uh, you were going to say something, I feel like. You know, I think what I was going to add is that all of this does come down to the individual runner and what they see themselves doing. And for runners that just simply want to run marathons for the sake of and love of running marathons, absolutely yeah. go for it. Um, I think it's where like as coaches, we have kind of that broader perspective, though, of, OK, if you want to run a marathon, but you're trying to PR every marathon you do, like eventually there is a point of diminishing returns. And that's where you start having the conversations about, about well, how else can we improve you? What else can we do right. that maybe, like Matt was saying, like starts working on those different areas of fitness so that when you come back the next time, like, hey, some of those race pace miles don't feel nearly as hard because you've worked on training those faster systems. It's not just about building up mileage. Because a lot of our clients, they have limited time. Like JP's another, he's a good example again. Like he could get faster doing marathons, running more volume. He doesn't have the time. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have mm-hmm. the time he's a busy dude. He's a father with three kids. He's a husband. He's got a job. He's traveling. Like he doesn't have the time. So that's where his coach is like, well, where else can we look to, you know, improve you? Where else can we look to build your fitness as a runner that will pay dividends down the road? And and that's the fun of coaching is that, you know, if he loves doing marathons, keep doing marathons then bud. Like we don't want to talk anybody into doing something that they don't want to do, but there also are those conversations of like, well, Hey, if we've plateaued here, Maybe there's some different ways we can look at doing this. And that might mean taking you out of your comfort zone. If you come to us with a goal that is, I yes, want to break yeah. 250. I want to break four hours. I want to qualify for Boston. And doing training cycles back to back to back to back to back isn't effective. You know, then that's that's where those conversations have to happen. That, exactly. Hey, it's, it's time to step back. Let's focus on something different. Let's focus on running fast in circles like Matt did last night. <laughs> Yeah, there's so I mean, we you had the PLX track night, which everybody was bugging Nicole to do, and then I was too. And then she finally came out with it, and I was like, Oh no, eerie training is like, I can't do it. Like, <laughs> I, I have so many eggs in that basket, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get hurt. So I did not, but you did, and you did a bunch of events too. Did you do the long jump like you were going to? I did not do the long jump, that that was my where I drew the line. Cause I'm like, yeah, I know I'm going to tear something doing that. <laughs> there was some, like I said, there were some really good long jumpers there. So that really set the tone. That was like the first event of the day and it just kept getting better and better from there. I mean, once the first gun went off, you know, she had a fish, an official starter there the whole time, same starter, nice having a blast. She was the, even the official starter did not know what she was getting into. She just thought it was a regular track meet. Not really, it was not realizing it was mostly over the hill athlete <laughs> track <laughs> meet, um, and just the whole event. There was you know a massage tent at the finish line. There was the, the timing truck. There was live results that were available pretty much immediately, um, mm-hmm. and just a really fun time. Multiple heats, multiple age groups, um, and and Nicole just kept it. It was so well organized, for, especially for a first time event. But I even texted her this morning. I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you it was a first time event. It was, it was put together so well. And I, she's already yeah. planning for next year. I told her, I know next year is going to be even better. So, um, it's a, it's a perfect time of the year too. Cause you know, people that are doing their spring marathons, you know, might be recovered by then to just hop in and uh-huh. maybe they have a little bit of fitness still and, uh, to see what they can do and, uh, you know, hammer out a quick mile. It's just us people running eerie that are messed up. That yeah. we're the only ones, except Abe. Abe went and did it anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for so, telling him that he needed to tell me about that. By the way, <laughs> what's that? I got a text from Abe last week. He's like, "Oh, hey, Andrew told me I should probably tell you that I'm doing adult track night." Yes, yes, good to know. We'll we'll tweak your training for the week, bud. Um. So you did the mile in a, in four, what, what, 443? Yep. Um, what was the, and then you did the four by four. Um, was it Abe who was saying like you were trying to give him tips on how to take the baton and he still didn't do it? So yeah, before, right before, you know, they had a couple of heats before us. So I was telling him like, look, it doesn't got to be perfect, but just start like when I'm coming, you got to start jogging a little bit and, you know, you don't have to match my exact speed, but just try to get moving. That way, when I hand you the baton, you know, it's off and going. 
I think he was, yeah. like, I don't know if he was like in a state of shock or whatever when I, when I was coming down the last <laughs> runway and I'm, and I'm like jacked up. I'm, I'm having a blast. I'm sprinting to him. And then like all of a sudden I get to him and he's just dead stopped. And I just give him the baton <laughs> and I wanted to just take him and just push him. But, uh, he, he got gone. And, uh, and then after he's like, dude, he's like, you even coached me and I still didn't even do it. <laughs> so it's all right. It's your first track meet ever. You can, you can make some mistakes. Yeah. I mean, most people don't know what to do. I mean, you you didn't look like a like a deer going over hurdles in the video I saw. No, the warm ups were a lot better once the race started. It was a little different. I, yeah, it, I mean, I could. I'm not saying I could do better. So I'll talk shit, and I just I'll never give you the ammo to fight back. I don't ever need to jump over a hurdle because I would be awful at it. Um. Yeah, no, that looked like that looked like a ton of freaking fun. Um, so props to Nicole for pulling that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be massive next year. Um, yeah, because yeah, it'd be sweet if the stands had a bunch of people in them too. Uh, so I and I hopefully don't have a graduation party to go to as well. That that, that sucked. I mean, it didn't suck. Good for that family member for graduating high school. <laughs> and, uh, you sound excited track night. <laughs> i mean it costs me money when people graduate high school so <laughs> yeah. I, that does not make me why is it so expensive for people who didn't graduate i and then i just remember yeah i guess i got money too so i gotta pay it forward <laughs> and then you account for inflation and it's like this sucks <laughs> um it wasn't so, this expensive when i graduated right um, and I, and I, they should, people should have given me a lot of money cause that was a fucking miracle. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, well, this is good stuff. I, I really enjoy, I'm glad you brought that topic up, Adam, of kind of like, uh, switching gears a little bit. I think, uh, I think that's valuable. And maybe I'm sure there's people out there who maybe need to kind of hear that. Cause you know, again, in, uh, in the social media and Strava, climates we have it can be uh it can be difficult to do the stuff nobody else is doing so um yeah but full training is here for some people and um maybe mile training is here for you too but uh, i had a lot of fun today guys i uh i gotta go rinse my eye out because it is i must have dust in there or something lots of dusting dusting going on over there on the towpath today but um yeah i really enjoy this guys we'll be back soon matt have a great the rest of, and Vinny made a guest appearance again a, a quieter one this awesome. time he's so, always gotta um, get his he's gotta get his camera time yeah his mario is super cool uh for yes. sure so yeah guys thanks for uh joining me today everybody thanks for listening today and we can't wait to do this again and make sure to uh, like, subscribe, review us on your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to visit rustbeltrunning.com. Look at what we do in coaching and check out our merch. Uh, support uh, Rust Belt Running. We really would appreciate it. So, everybody, we appreciate you so much. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. And until next time, enjoy your miles, everybody. I love my log. <laughs> <laughs>